Just 8% of people achieve their New Year's resolutions and goals, according to a study conducted by the University of Scranton. U.S. clinical psychologist Joseph Luciani says 80% fail to keep their New Year's resolutions. And in a third study, according to the fitness app Strava, who have analyzed and downloaded data from 31 million activities on their system, they found the exact day that most people quit their health-related New Year's resolutions. And that day was, is, January 12th. Shocking. This podcast is all about flipping the script on those studies. Our passion is to help you accomplish 80% of your goals. I hope you will join with us for the next 30 minutes and learn how to accomplish your goals. Welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I'm Rick Hyland with RLG International. This is a podcast for those individuals passionate about personal and professional continuous improvement. Today's discussion as we've started is about goal setting, goal achievement, and to teach you the process, skills, and tools to accomplish your goals. And I think you'll even find some New Year's resolution hacks so that you'll be able to accomplish your most realistic aspirations. This is one of my favorite topics. As you can tell, my passion is to teach the how, and I've got some guests later on to uh, help us share some examples on how. Last year, last year in episode three, I shared the complete whole life goal setting program, and I'd suggest you listen to that, but I'll share those four points briefly so we can uh, share this in context, context before our guests join. Uh, the four points were, one, develop your overall mission and purpose. Two, set goals in six areas of excellence. Three, make them smart goals. And four, build an accountability system. Let's go back to number one really briefly. The overall purpose and mission is in episode two. I went a deep dive on how to set up your purpose and mission. This is all about your moonshot, your big picture, who you want to be, and how you want to be remembered. Number two, around six areas of excellence. Remember, we talked about setting physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, work, and relationship goals. And if you have just little goals in each one of those areas to progress a whole life and a holistic view of goal setting, not just work, for example. And then point number three is all around SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and trackable. And we talked about how to set up trackable goals on that podcast number three last year. And then number four, and we'll spend a little bit of time on this again this year, is the how to build an accountability system. If you just write down the goals, that's a great start, but you have to have some kind of review and follow-up system. And those were the four points that we covered under accountability last year. Remember, we talked about having daily and weekly planning, and there's lots on uh, my uh, blog on ciforlife.org or in earlier podcasts about that. We talked about celebrating small wins, keeping a daily gratitude journal so you can that you share with yourself and a supporter, and even building in perhaps tangible rewards as you accomplish some of your goals. We talked about the importance of what, who, and when, having an action plan in the two or three areas you're trying to move over the next few months or this year. And then we talked about the importance, the fourth point under accountability is the importance of staying full and hungry, or in other words, content and striving. We're really good as a society about always striving to change, striving to improve, and I hope that we'll remember to be content and be happy with what you did accomplish, be grateful for what you did accomplish, because that is the accelerator for greater accomplishments. Now, let's look at those who've had success stories from last year using the, these principles on goals, goals, goals achievement. You will hear from three guests on this podcast, and all three, member, all three guests are family members 
who have accomplished great things this year and have refined their personal goal-setting systems. Parker Jones will be our first guest. He married my niece, Michaela Highland Jones. He will share some great ideas on breaking down goals into 12-week periods and putting them up on his office whiteboard. My second guest will be my sister, Tracy Pond. Can't wait for you to hear her story. She's accomplished something this year that most people try but rarely succeed. She's going to share the how behind this great result. And then my third guest is J.R. Hansen, who married my daughter, Mackenzie Highland Hansen. And he's applied a goal-setting principle called micro-goals with great success. And I'm excited for you to hear that and how that might apply to get off and get off on a good start on a big goal. So I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I did. Okay, let's get started with our first guest. I've asked Parker Jones to join us to share some goal-setting success stories. Parker, welcome to the podcast, and where do I find you today? Yeah, thanks, Rick. I am calling from Salt Lake City, Utah. Beautiful. Uh, Parker, before I uh, ask you to share some of your goal-setting success stories, why don't you share a little bit of your background? Yeah, um, I'm just living with my wife in the Salt Lake area, and uh, school-wise, I studied accounting at BYU. And I'm now yep. working for a tech company uh, called Divi. So we are one of the fastest growing companies um, in Utah. Uh, we, we haven't been able to hit any of the awards or anything for fastest growing because we haven't been around long enough. But um, I, I joined a year and a half ago as employee 50 something. And a year and a half later, we're in between 350 and 400 around there or something. Wow, that is fast um, growth. Around, around that point. So very fun, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, and I know you've had some uh, really cool as we've talked over the last few months, really cool success stories with goal setting. And so why don't you tell us about some of that? And then where did you, did you learn your methodology? And I know you've read some interesting books around that. So go ahead. Yeah. So I would say my process, um, I've constructed, if you will, from a mixture of three different books. Uh, the first one being um, the 12 week year, the second one measure what matters and the third the seven habits of highly effective people. Love by that Stephen book. Covey. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. And I would say I've broken it down into roughly five or so steps. Um, so the first one is I pick something from the quadrant two section of my life. So what Stephen Covey would say is something that's important to me, but not urgent. Um, cause if we don't really, you know, if we're not proactive about that area, it can fall by the wayside. Yes. Um, the second thing is I will set an objective or OKR will set objective and key results for that. Um, quadrant to item. So think of it of like a short-term mission statement. Um, okay. And I'll plan this out for 12 weeks. So that's the, the third step is I'll create a 12-week plan. So this comes from the 12-week year where you're really focusing in on one area or one goal um, and you're doing it for 12 weeks. So they compare it to athletes, how when athletes train, they'll focus on one you know skill or um, one exercise and really nail that down. And so it's the same approach here to goals is I'll find one area and I'll just really focus on that for 12 weeks. And then um, lastly, I will establish an accountability partner. So um, right now it's my wife um, for a previous goal that I've done. I've done an old um, friend of mine who goes to the gym a lot because I was trying to get to the gym more. So an accountability partner that helps you keep yourself accountable um, with the goal that you're trying to achieve. Oh, and then I from there, it. it's just executing the 12 weeks and I'm doing weekly planning for the upcoming week. Um, and I already have a good outline or idea of what that week will look like because of the 12 week plan that I've set up. And Parker, what's the value of 12 weeks? Is it the whole idea that, you know, in 52 weeks you can forget about it or it's too long or what's the value of just the 12 week focus? 
Yeah, no, exactly right. So when, I mean, people probably just set their 2020 goals and yeah. you hear a lot of numbers thrown around with, you know, X percent of those goals will be broken by the end of January, just because it's, it can be exhausting to even think about, Hey, this is something I have 12 months or a whole year to, to accomplish. Sometimes we push it off because we have so long and it, it's, yeah, you can, you can fall short often with that. At least I know I have. And so the 12 week is just, it helps you stay more urgent, helps you focus um, a little bit better for a short, shorter period of time, which we're, we tend to be more capable of. And so for me, it's, it's worked pretty well. Yeah. I love that. Um, well done. So uh, we're talking on this podcast about how to achieve goals and a lot about accountability uh, to hopefully not become one of those statistics of uh, losing track of your goals by the end of January. So talk a little bit about how you hold yourself accountable for this 12 week plan and your goal achievement. Yeah. So uh, the 12 week year, that book, it talks about a weekly accountability meetings or WAM for short. So uh, my wife and I, we do something similar. Um, you might laugh at this, but we actually call it Fano Hui, which is uh, Maori for uh, family meeting. So Mary's there, the natives of New Zealand. And yep. um, I served a, a mission there for, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, so, yeah, we love New Zealand. And so we call it Fanahui just for fun. But what that meeting consists of is we'll do, you know, our budgeting, we'll do our weekly planning, things we have scheduled. And then from there, uh, both my wife and I have 12-week goals and we'll follow up with each other, see how they're doing just to keep us focused and uh, make sure we're staying on course so that at the end of the 12 weeks, we're not trying to push everything through at the end but we're staying consistent with it love the idea of wham okay good so what have the results been so far um yeah so for something that has been unique and i think pretty cool for what i've experienced is not only is my wife following up with me but i have a brother i have my parents uh, my wife's parents i have an old college roommate they've heard of this 12-week you know goal and for them it's almost easier for them to uh, follow-ups because it's it's something that is a short period of time. I have very specific goals. And so I have people following up, not because I've asked them to, just because, you know, they've heard me talk about it before and they want to know how things are going. So that's been really good from an accountability standpoint. Um, and then results from the, you know, 12-week years or these 12-week periods that I've, I've done. Um, the first 12-week period I did, I focused really on reading. Um, I've never been the fastest reader. But um, I do enjoy it. I know that is where you can learn a ton, just reading people that are expert in different areas that, um, you know, I would, I would love to, to learn more about. And so that first 12 week, I read probably seven, it was seven books, four of them I read, three of them were audible. Um, for me, that was a, a huge increase of nice. uh, my reading habit that um, wasn't necessarily there before and something that I've um, continued to focus on, which has been good. And then um, the other 12-week period that I did was going to the gym. If you know me, I'm you know on the skinnier side of things and never have, have gone to the gym much. I've always just played basketball for exercise. And um, gym was, it wasn't even really a place I was very comfortable. And so I, I asked um, an old mission companion of mine who goes to the gym a lot, said, hey, you know, can you come maybe run me through some exercise? This is something I want to focus on for the next 12 weeks. And we went to the gym a couple times together. I got a base for it. And then I've been going every week multiple times and it's been it's been a really successful really good experience for me so well done parker that's just awesome so you've done it two 12-week periods so far now you're in your third one but yep. one of the other things i wanted you to talk about you've told me about this whiteboard and the whole idea of the visibility behind <laughs> that can you talk about that yeah so i 
I love my whiteboard more than anybody should love a yellow whiteboard. <laughs> it, it's been something that <laughs> something that I've loved. So I went on KSL, which, as you know, is kind of a local Craigslist, and I found an eight foot by I think four foot whiteboard for like fifty bucks. Somebody was moving out of their office and needed to get rid of it, and um, so took my dad's truck, picked it up, put it in my basement. And on my whiteboard, what I do is I put my objective and key results on the left-hand side. Okay. And then I've made 12 boxes, just a three by four kind of grid. And I labeled them week one, week two, all the way to week 12. And then from there is where I put the, you know, the, the key results that I'm measuring for each week. And then I'll just keep that updated. And my wife's putting hers in there now. And so we can just go in and track it really easy. So what I really liked about it is, as you've talked about visibility, I stand in front of my whiteboard and I know exactly what the next 12 weeks is going to look like as long as I'm accomplishing these weekly plans. And this also corresponds with the weekly planning that I have. So at the start of each week, I see this is what I need to accomplish. I can go plan it in so I can be intentional about it. And yeah, I, I love my whiteboard. I think everyone should get a whiteboard if they're, if they're trying to achieve goals. <laughs> oh, I love, I love that. As you know, uh, we've talked a lot about both for organizational improvement and personal the importance of making it highly visible. So uh, good for you. And in, in the workplace, we actually suggest and, and have whiteboards all over the place in each department. And so you've taken it the next level and had a personal whiteboard. So well done, Parker <laughs> yeah. Jones. Okay, so in, in conclusion, any advice or thoughts you have for people that are uh, trying to improve their goal setting accomplishments? Um, yeah, so for this, I, I've written down a couple of Stephen Covey quotes okay. uh, that I I think just are, are true to the bone and I love them. It, the first one is, he says, the week gives us the most manageable perspective. So when we're weekly planning, and I think the 12 weeks just um, helps with that even more so. And then the second one is he says, if you were to ask me what single practice would do more to balance your life and increase your productivity than any other, it would be this, plan your week each week before the week begins. Um, that's why I think we can fall short with the year perspective, because when we say, here's the year, that's really hard to manage. Yeah. A month can even be hard to manage. So when you just break it down to a week, um, anybody can do something for a week. They can attack that week and be successful. So I think weekly planning um, is a huge way that we can be successful in accomplishing our goals. Well said. And as you know, I have a podcast just on the whole weekly planning idea, both for businesses and personal. So I appreciate the reinforcement yep. there and the quotes there. So Parker, really appreciate you taking time to share your thoughts on goal achievement and have a great 2020. Hey, thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. My next guest is my sister, Tracy Pond. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. And where are you today? Thank you. It's so fun to be here. I am talking to you from Longview, Washington. Beautiful Longview, Washington. Well, I really appreciate yes. you joining me on this beautiful Saturday morning and in early January 2020. And Trace, I've asked you to join us because you've accomplished a lot in your life, including raising five successful children and doing lots of volunteer work in your church and community there in Longview. But you've accomplished something this last year, or I guess you've been working on it for almost two years, but that most people try but rarely succeed. So that's why I wanted you on this goal-setting pod podcast. You've lost over 50 pounds this year. So first of all, congratulations. Way to go. Thank you. It's Feels awesome. really good. I'm very, yeah. very proud of you as a big brother. So Trace, tell us about how you did it, some of the mechanics behind achieving this big goal. Yeah. Well, in January 2018, I just really, I'd been um, unhealthy for a while, and I really knew that I need to work on my physical health this year for a, that year for a goal. Okay. 
and I connected with the Hotze Clinic uh, and Dr. Ellsworth and Stephen um, Hotze at the Hotze Clinic. Okay. And they are some doctors that really helped me get my body working correctly and helped me take care, take advantage of my physical health through hormone therapy and nutrition advice and vitamins and getting so your blood work um, is at a disease-free state. Okay. And through intermittent fasting and some other things that they taught me was how I got my blood work back to normal to avoid, because if you have elevated blood work, that, that can lead to disease, the right. major diabetes, cancer, yeah. um, heart disease, and um, Alzheimer's, brain disorders, things like that. Yeah. So they were very successful in helping me get my blood work to a, a normal state. Oh, I'm so, and, glad, so glad we're talking about holistic achievements and looking at the whole body. So tell me more about this. Yeah. For, for folks that don't know, tell me more about the mechanics of intermittent fasting. Yeah. So it's you can Google it and watch all sorts of videos on YouTube. I've shared okay. with friends and family. There, um, there are lots of videos about it that you can gain your own opinion, but it's probably in the last five years been researched and it's just a really great thing that's free that anybody can do and i recommend it okay um for people to talk to their doctor and try it out and see how they feel but it allows your body to clean out for 16 to 18 hours or longer but it's you basically eat in an eight hour window you okay. can eat from noon to six or noon to eight um p.m and then not do any eating of course you can always drink water to flush your system out, but it allows your body to deep clean and your cells to really deep clean every day. Let's say you had some sugar or flour or different things that maybe weren't as good. It just allows your body to, to deep clean. And, um, there's more technical terms. You can talk about ketosis and different things like that, but it, it just allows your body to, um, deep clean yourself. It's a okay. simple way to say it. That makes sense. So, in, yeah. as, you know, as you know, on this podcast, we're talking about goal achievement and how to achieve your goals. So, tell me more about the accountability side of accomplishing this goal. What kind of accountability measures yeah. or process did you have in place? Yeah. So, um, there's two parts to this, a physical goal and then a mental goal. The physical goal, we started out and we did it as a family. So, okay. we decided that we all wanted to be healthy and we figured out um, what we were eating for food. Um and my family was on board because they knew they'd feel better. We'd experimented before and they knew they'd feel better. So we, we did it um, with food and exercise and different things. And I was accountable to them, okay. my husband and my kids. And then also my doctor. We had check-ins every month and then every quarter where he would um, tweak different things and help to, to get my blood work to normal. Okay. Um, and then, um, on the mental I also side, uh, yeah, on the mental side, I took a class with Candy Wright and Brooke Castillo in the life coach school about emotional eating and just more working on food as medicine than, um, any attached to any emotion and worked on that and had, um, accountability with, um, Candy as we worked on that every week. Wow. And with my husband as well. 
So you had lots um, of accountability. Lots of accountability. <laughs> and it was really fun and really exciting to see these things that have been a goal for a long time, for a decade, to really come to pass and well, and to be realized. Trace, that's a good point. Why do you think it all came together now? What was the elements that said 2018, 2019, it's going to happen? I think the physical, I finally had a doctor that could really lead me in the right way. Okay. In terms of holistic health, physically, yeah. and I think that clicked. I think mentally, the ability, um, Candy taught me a, a thing called the thought model that isn't new to that program, but it's just how to manipulate your thoughts to really hone in on what you want to think okay. and what your thoughts are and to change bad habits into new habits and how to do that through changing your thoughts. Now, I imagine and that's that all... that was mind blowing to me. Yeah. So, so imagine it's also kind of work. watching your thoughts, being aware of your thoughts first. Right. Is that right? Right. Okay. Right. Right. And we all have negative thoughts. We yeah. all have thoughts that, that um, drama in our brain that we could change yep. and make it more positive and more true to who you are and, and your true self. And so it was exciting to be able to learn to do that. And I've shared that with friends and family and it's really exciting. We we just did it with her family last night, and it's it's been thrilling to see them catch on to that. And it was it was just really thrilling to be able to have a tool to change, a tool yeah. for change. Oh wow, that is fantastic! Congratulations, and I'm thrilled that Thank you're using you. words, positive words, around how fun it was uh, versus some people can view it as drudgery. And I'm thrilled that you're it's a holistic approach to it. So. In conclusion, Trace, what advice would you have for people trying to get their health and perhaps weight together in 2020? What what would you coach them to think about, do, start? Yeah, uh, a doctor that I found in this journey for better health um, is Dr. Mark Hyman, and um, he's a functional medicine doctor that has a lot of material out there, and he talks about these same concepts. Um, good mental health, strong mental health, but also I think the physical part is key. And I would probably do first because you need to get your physical body into the mechanics of working correctly. And then you can work on your mental self. But I would, I think it's the combination of the physical health and the mental health that um, was key for me. Yeah. And people came into my life and I found them, and was able to find some tools to help me manage myself. Oh, and so I think awesome. that's key. Yeah. And Trace, if I could get, if you could email me some of those names and contacts, and I'll put them on my website for those that want to follow up and, and read more or you see bet. more. Um, you bet. So what's the big goal for 2020 then? I was just going through that, um, okay. doing some fun goals, like running a half marathon okay. with my family and awesome. I have some more specific kind of eating goals in terms of for food as medicine instead of a distraction or whatever kind of things like that but yeah. um, I have some mental goals and and that's one physical goal is a half marathon which was not possible a year ago so <laughs> it's pretty exciting very exciting Tracy and I really appreciate you joining me today and wish you all the best in 2020 and thanks again for joining us cheers yeah bye. thank you my pleasure bye bye okay 
another problem people are having with goal setting is just getting started. Sometimes developing a new habit is a little intimidating or daunting. So I've asked my son-in-law, J.R. Hansen, to uh, join us. He's heard of a new idea to just getting started on a new goal. J.R., welcome to the podcast. Where are you today? Yeah, thanks, Rick. Uh, I'm here in Orem, Utah. Beautiful Orem, Utah. Okay, so let's jump into it. I love your uh, idea you were telling me about micro goals. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about it and, and why it's beneficial? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was talking to one of my friends about goals. Uh, one day, and he introduced this idea of micro goals to me. Okay. Um, and so he asked me, he's like, have you ever heard of those? And I, I told him no. And so he proceeded to kind of explain what they were. Um, and basically, he says, you decide what you want your goal to be, like your end goal, and you break it down to the simplest, uh, smallest step that you know that you can do no matter what every day. Okay. Um, so I decided... Um, I was going to try that. And so my goal was to exercise more. And so my goal was to run every day. And, and so I broke hadn't the... been a runner before, right? No, definitely okay. not. Okay. I uh, haven't always loved running. So <laughs> okay. I knew that it would be a difficult goal, right? So I was like, let's try the micro goal. Okay. So I broke that down to what can I do every day, no matter what. Um, and, and I figured I could get dressed in running clothes, like put my running shoes on okay. and then walk outside our gate at our house. Okay. And so that was my goal. As long as I did that every day, I hit my goal. Love um, and it was interesting because once I had done that, um, I usually ended up running because I was like, <laughs> I'd kind of done the hardest part, right? The, the actual getting out and getting dressed. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I'm here. Might as well. And um, so I usually ended up running every day. Um, but there was a few times that I, you know, all I did was get dressed, walk outside and then literally turn back around and go back inside. Now, was it because, um, on those days? Was it because of you're too tired or you're late for work or what were I love that you did yeah. the smallest goal. But what was the reasons? Yeah, it was usually kind of like, oh, I really don't want to run today. Okay. And then I, I kind of remembered, I'm like, you know what? That wasn't my goal. Yeah. And my goal was to, to get dressed and go outside. And so I at least did that. And, and yeah, so it was usually just the lack of motivation to, to run. Okay. Um, but what's interesting is I, I still was able to do something yep. um, rather than do nothing. And then the next day when it came around, I remembered all I have to do is get dressed. And then I ended up running that day. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That is cool. fantastic. And and uh, are you still running today or are you still, I guess, the are you still getting dressed, putting your shoes on and getting outside the gate? Yeah, so that's that's still the goal. Um, and so I, I kind of committed myself to like six months of doing that. Okay. Um, and then was going to readjust it at that point to see, you know, kind of up that goal. And that that's kind of what my friend had mentioned as well. Is he's like, once you can consistently do the, the micro goal for, you know, six months or so you up it to be okay now i walk to my mailbox yes. you know in my running clothes and then you know go up from there and so so yeah still still working on it oh i love it i mean because this is a major issue for some folks it's just it's so daunting to start an exercise goal or a reading goal or an eating goal or whatever we're setting so the idea of setting a the smallest commitment you can possible to get yourself started is a huge idea okay any other advice on this idea of getting started? 
Um, I think just the last thing is to like what I've struggled with is remembering what my actual goal was. Okay. Uh, or meaning the micro goal. Um, because sometimes I say, I don't want to run today. I'm not going to do it. And, um, I just have to remember that wasn't my goal. My goal was to get dressed and go outside. And I think that the consistency of just doing that small goal is what's going to help me in the long run to, to eventually hit that goal of running every day. Um, because otherwise the, the big goal of running every day just seems too big for me right now. Um, and so it's just reminding myself, nope, my, my goal is to get dressed and walk outside. Notice. Um, And if I can, yep. Yeah. Yep. And if I can stay consistent on that, eventually, like I know that I'll be running every day. Um, so not to, not to look at the whole thing, but just to break it down into that bite sized piece and then work on that. I love it. Oh man, JR, this is great. Really appreciate you being on and sharing this idea of micro goals and uh, breaking down a big goal into a simplest parts. Appreciate you joining us today. Have a great 2020. Thank you. You too, Rick. All right. Cheers. This has been another CI for Life podcast with Rick Highland of RLG International. I hope that you've been inspired as inspired as I have with our three guests who are good, ordinary people who are and will accomplish extraordinary results. They are learning goal accomplishment principles that will bless their entire life. On this podcast, we've learned things like micro goals to get started on a big goal, to use experts to help us improve in our desired areas of improvement. Those extra experts might come in the form of a book, a podcast, or even an interview or personal one-on-one time. Every example that we talked about today had a cheerleader as accountability partners that supported their success every week, every day, every month along the way. And then we learned the importance of making your goals visible. I hope that we'll see a flood of Amazon orders for whiteboards. You can go to ciforlife.org website to see my latest blog that has all these books, doctors, and other references listed. Tracy and Parker and JR mentioned quite a few references of books and doctors, etc. that they used. If you're interested in seeing more details on that and their websites, you can see that on www.ciforlife.org. So a final piece of advice as we end, start small. If you're getting overwhelmed with too many goals and too many changes, listen to the advice of Dr. Carly Moores. She's an associate lecturer at Flinders University and a registered nutritionist. She said, if your goals to lose weight or improve lifestyle habits, try not to set too many goals all at once. Start with small changes and continue to build on these or try to tackle one change at a time, Moores said. Try to set yourself goals, reflect on your progress towards these, acknowledge that change can be hard and results won't happen overnight or even in the first two weeks of the new year. I agree, start small, be patient with yourself, honor progress, find cheerleaders in your life, love yourself, be in it for the long term and for heaven's sakes, beat January 12th for all your new year's resolutions. I hope this uh, podcast has been helpful. If it has, please like it, comment on it and share this podcast. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.